Rookies Podcast. We are so excited today. We are here for one of our off-network episodes. We're talking about some of the films on Lifetime, and we have one Netflix we're talking about, and uh, it's going to be really, really fun. We love doing these episodes. I'm film critic Rachel Wagner, and today I have a very special guest with me. I have the director of the new comedy film, new, would you call it a satire parody? Actually, satire sounds smarter. Satire. Satire film, Cup of Cheer. If Jake Horowitz is here. And thank you so much, Jake, for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm a fan of the show and I love uh, I love talking about these movies. So I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be a director and, and working on this film. Yeah, um, so Cup of Cheer is uh, my second feature film. Um, my first one is uh, not at all like Cup of Cheer, sort of more of a of an indie uh, coming of age story. It was funny, but but not like ridiculous funny uh, as Cup of Cheer is. Mm-hmm. I had always wanted to do a movie that was sort of uh, along the lines of Airplane or Naked Gun or the classic uh, parody films that just uh, still remain so funny and have like one laugh every 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I loved the idea of doing that um, as a spoof of Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, yeah, so did you grow up watching Christmas movies, watching Hallmark movies, or was it something in your house a lot? Or what was your background? Um, it's more just um, in the, I'm from Canada and in the Canadian film industry, uh, Hallmark Christmas movies are such a huge part of what everybody is working on all mm-hmm. the time. Of course, they're almost always filmed here and with the Canadian cast and crew. And so after my first movie, a lot of, uh, you know, everyone was like, that was great. Uh, you should um, do a Hallmark movie now because that's how you get paid. Mm-hmm. And um, that was like, sort of appealing and sort of unappealing to me. I, I, I started, you know, of course I knew about them and, and I had watched them before, but I started watching them more with an eye towards how would I uh, do my own version of this. Mm-hmm. And you quickly realize there is nobody's own version of them because they're all, they're different in different ways, but they're mm-hmm. all, they're all part of the same uh, universe. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought a really fun way into that was to do a movie that looks and sounds and feels exactly like a real Hallmark Christmas movie, but it's totally ridiculous and off the wall and uh, a little bit more adult skewing, not so wholesome. Mm-hmm. Would you say that you are a big Christmas fan in general? Were you, you someone? Yeah, who, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love, you know, I love that I like, you know, I think we put the, the movie is not made fun of Christmas. It's, it is in the spirit of Christmas. It makes mm-hmm. you feel Christmassy. We put a lot of care into doing that and coming at it from a, from a place of love and, and admiration for the the season and the feeling, you know, we didn't want to be an anti-Christmas movie. We wanted mm-hmm. to be a different kind of Christmas movie. Yeah. So one of the reviews that I saw on from one of my fellow critics on Ron Tomatoes said, Cup of Cheer is made for fans of Christmas who are aware of the absurdity, but still love it. And so I was wondering if that was kind of your goal. Is that what you were looking for? Yeah. Um, I think the nice thing about and you know we've had so many lovely reviews their response has been really great um one of the nice things is that even people who love hallmark movies have really loved this film Mm -hmm. because it's not you know it's not attacking it and it's not it is kind of saying these movies are stupid but no more than anyone who watches the movies would also say you know i think that that 
as people who like these movies, we're aware of the flaws and, and we're aware of what's, why those are actually strengths in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it, is, it is very much for people who love Hallmark Christmas movies and people who hate them will also enjoy it. Yeah, that's the thing is when people point out, oh, the tropes or the silly parts and I just always want to be like, yeah, what's your point? (laughs) (laughs) That's what makes it good. That's what makes it fun. Is that- Some of the movies that we're going to talk about today, I think go away from those tropes. And then I'm like, no, can we go, can we get back to the classics, please? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, in all genres of movies have formulas and templates that that's what makes it a genre. That's what makes it what it is. And uh, it's all about how you execute within that genre that you're working in. And these are also obviously very small budgeted films. So, and they have to work within the structure of a, of a a TV film with nine ad breaks. It's not easy to do. Anyone who thinks they're writing a Hallmark movie is easy is crazy because it's really difficult to get all of that in and to make it charming and to have the leads have great chemistry and <laughs> to make it work. It, it's very difficult. And to do it in the time that they have. It's also, yeah. especially this year, like these movies were turned right. around in a month or two. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I know. I can't even believe it that yeah. between... <laughs> Hallmark and Lifetime, there's over 70 movies, new movies. It's mm-hmm. amazing. And, and they didn't start shooting until what, August, maybe? For most of them. I mean, they have some acquisitions, particularly Lifetime. Some of the ones we'll talk about are, are acquisitions, but still, uh, it's amazing. It really is incredible. I feel like every other branch of media is like delay, 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 delay. And Hallmark and Lifetime are like, we're going forward. Yeah, we thought we were fast by making this thing in a year, but. <laughs> Yeah. So what was that process like for you making Cup of Cheer uh, as far as, because you were, you wrote the script, right? And, uh, and to go, to go through the script and, to, and then the filming and the casting and all of that stuff. How, what was that experience like? Yeah, it was, um, I mean, you know, like I said, it was, we thought it was very fast. It is very fast for, you know, cause this isn't a TV movie. It's not a movie. Mm-hmm. But we, we don't have a team of hundreds of people like sure. Hallmark does. Um, so it was incredibly fast in the sense that we started writing it, um, Christmas last year and Mm -hmm. now it came out, uh, it came out last week Mm -hmm. and that's an incredibly fast turnaround for a film like this. Um, we shot it in late February in a a real Canadian winter where it was minus 30 degrees every day in the snow. Um, you know, none of that stuff where the actors are standing around in the summer and then the snow later and all that stuff you can see people's breath and you can see people's tears freezing on their faces and and you can see that everyone's cold Mm -hmm. which I think adds a lot and it's a nice moment yeah that's Um, always a nice touch when you feel like oh these actors are really sacrificing here this is really cold yeah (laughs) if you can tell they actually went to Alaska or wherever Uh yeah yeah (laughs) so we we filmed it uh, and wrapped like a few days before lockdown um and then just spent months and months editing it and working mm-hmm. on post and then finally uh, finally got it out there and it's streaming uh, on Amazon Prime for free to everyone who has a Prime account uh, starting on November 20th. Mm-hmm. Nice. And this is, I don't know if it's officially rated, but it's, it's basically, did you say it's R-rated film? I wouldn't call it, I would call PG-13. It's, mm-hmm. there's some 
you know, there's some cr crude language, not a mm -hmm. lot, maybe swear words, but it's definitely not, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's for a kid and I wouldn't say it's for someone who, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's for those people who get offended by when Hallmark movies, um, do something that they deem offensive. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hallmark movies are rated G. Right. And this is not rated G. Uh, it does have some toilet humor in particular, yes. I would say <laughs> literally in certain parts. Um, and uh, and so if that's not your jam, then you're this is not for you. But uh, if uh, if if you think some if you think some of that stuff and some sort of more childish sort of Purell humor is funny, then it might be worth uh, you might enjoy it. And I I. I didn't laugh at not every joke landed. I'm not going to lie, but I thought enough did that I overall had a fun experience watching it. Yeah, it's a it's a very interesting. I mean, there you know, there's like 600 jokes in the movie, and intentionally, um, you know, different jokes are are funny for different people. Sure, so that they're for them to laugh at. Um, and you know, I, I've always said that if you don't if you don't like a joke in 10 seconds, there will be another one that you probably do like. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, that that's true. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a, it's a different it's a mix of different comedy styles, and there's really should be something uh, mm -hmm. for a lot of people in there. Yeah, well, very cool. So thank you so much for coming and uh, talking about these other movies with us. And I wanted to say out front that if I seem like a bit of a grumpy goose this episode, I have been super nice this entire season. I have not <laughs> criticized really hardly anything that we've talked about. So this is kind of an oddball. It had to happen eventually. I'm not a big fan of any of these movies uh, from Lifetime this weekend. It was not a great run for them, uh, but we'll still have some positives and some fun things to say. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, and uh, and then also I wanted to talk about very quickly my little mini review of Jingle Jangle. I'll put a link down in the description if you want to listen to my longer review over on my uh, other channel. You can check that out. But uh, Jingle Jangle uh, debuted this last week on Netflix and I was really excited for it. I gave it a diamond ring in my in our preview. And it's a musical. I love musicals. It has a great cast. It looked really wonderful. And overall, I enjoyed it. I think it's, I did give it fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's, it's got a lot of energy. I did like the singing was very well done. It's got a ton of great production values in it, but it was a little bit disappointing. It wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. And so maybe that was my flaw to have too high of expectations, but even though I liked it, the story is kind of a mess <laughs> and it's going all over the place and there's a lot of characters and uh, I, I think that they could have done a better job of connecting everything. And so that wasn't great, but I still think it's enough to be worth a watch. And it certainly got lots of Christmas spirit in it. <laughs> if you've seen it, let us, let us know in the comments what you think of Jingle Jangle. Okay. So let's talk about Christmas on the Vine. This was the first movie this weekend from Lifetime. And this stars Juliana Gwill and John Kaur. And this, the summary is, it's a young marketing executive is assigned to help a struggling family-owned winery in a town that has lost its Christmas spirit due to a large wine conglomerate. And this uh, also has Meredith Baxter in it. and. Jake, what was your overall thoughts about this movie? Um, 
this was my favorite of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because I've been on I've been on a, a a few other podcasts this year talking about uh, Hallmark movies, and uh, and uh, I mean, as everybody has said, all the Hallmark movies are very different this year. They don't really follow the formula. They've sort of tried to break out of that box. Um, so this was the first one that I watched, and it felt very Hallmark. You know, it I understood it girl from the big city went to a small town. There's a business that's struggling. Uh, there's a guy that she doesn't get along with and it falls on, you know, it, it checked all of the boxes of what uh, one of these movies should be. So I like that about it. Yeah, so I think part of it with me with this movie is I, I mean, I'm a Latter-day Saint. I don't drink wine at all. I don't drink alcohol at all. So like wine culture and wine in general is just not something I relate to at all. Or I don't know, not that it can't be done well. I liked um, uh, the first Autumn in the Vineyard movie. Uh, but a lot of these wine movies just, I just don't connect with it that much and the whole scene and everything. So I think that that hurt it on that level. I do really like Juliana Glill. I think she's really sweet and fun. I think she's a, a good lead for these kind of movies and i think john core is serviceable he's fine he's not like a favorite but i think he he does the job just fine uh i I think they had potential with meredith baxter to be this kind of fun villain uh and she was she she did a fine job um but one of the things that i found really strange about this movie and maybe it's just because again i don't have that experience as far as wine and wineries but the whole attempt to appeal to a family audience for a wine tasting seems very strange to me. Am I wrong? No, no, that's fair. Also, (laughs) it took them so long to even get to that point. Because the whole movie, you're like, okay, so you're going to hold the thing at the winery and it'll be fine. And they don't even realize that until like Christmas Eve or something. (laughs) Because my understanding of wineries is that people usually go to an area and not like a specific vineyard. Like you go to Napa, you go to uh, you go to Tuscany or something like that, and then you maybe see a couple different vineyards. You go to a couple different wine tastings uh, to as part of your your thing. And so it's not really like if you're talking destination travels, supposedly what she's there to kind of encourage is this destination travel. And so the whole idea of like, let's appeal to the children. I just thought it was so weird. I was like, what's happening? Why is Santa there? Why are they like, I don't know. I thought it was really strange. Yeah, what does it say about me? I didn't even think about that. <laughs> um, yeah, they're like, let's have a hayride. And let's, we want more kids at this wine tasting. I thought that was really weird. <laughs> uh, and they even at one point she's making wine and she makes a gummy bear wine, which again, I, I don't know, but that sounds, does that sound terrible or does that sound good? I don't know. I don't drink wine. Gummy bear wine. It's just going to taste like wine anyway. So <laughs> it all tastes like wine, no matter what they say the flavor is. <laughs> You're thinking, I'm swirling it. I'm swirling it. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, uh, you even have John Core as Santa at one point in this movie. <laughs> and I was just kind of like, what is happening? And I just felt like all of the, uh, the strategies that she was bringing up were all more for, uh, or 
they didn't seem very effective in what would encourage destination travel uh, to the wine. I would think personally, I would think that you'd want to really encourage romance with wine tastings and that you would have things that'd be very coupley and very romantic, like dates and stuff. Well, maybe in uh, Christmas on the Vine 2, they'll <laughs> realize their mistakes. Oh my, the, yeah. the winery is failing again because these kids can't <laughs> buy the wine. Because like the cookie and wine pairing, I feel like that had potential to be kind of romantic. Right, yeah. You know, you could do like chocolate and chocolate and wine pairing. Right, um, that's the thing, yeah. But they took it like kids and cookies and I was just going, what? what? <laughs> Your next <laughs> idea to save the business will be to print fake IDs for all the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. And there's this whole conflict over, she, she finds this journal of his grandfather, right? Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Finds this journal and it has a label and she wants to use that label instead of the label he created and then he gets very upset over that and i was just kind of like mm. <laughs> you've literally invited this person to come and revamp your winery why are you upset about a label change a label that she like went out of her way to find from the grandfather yeah, so it wouldn't right. upset I would be more upset about making gummy bear wine. <laughs> Just out of, I don't know. Yeah, he wasn't really happy about anything. <laughs> I mean, that sounds crazy to me, gummy bear wine. But again, what do I know about wines? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, and then you have also this Meredith Baxter character who wants to buy the winery right? Because she's this conglomerate. She wants to eat it all up. Actually, she's that's bad. In a few of these movies, there was a bad guy who <laughs> was just trying to buy the business and save the <laughs> save the struggling business people. Yeah, but I mean, it's a good thing they went the angle that they did because then you have this Mr. Talbot guy who comes in and he's he normally would be the bad man of business, but he's the good man of business. Mm -hmm. right he comes in and he's like wow this is a family friendly wine company <laughs> <laughs> and he loves this he loves this idea he loves the gummy bear wine and it, so it's in with him out with meredith baxter so yeah. they, they were pretty smart i guess she knew what she was doing <laughs> i don't know see, yeah they could have the the and they were like, there's this whole plot about like getting the distributors to come and taste the wine, but they couldn't come because there was a storm. I don't know why they didn't just send the distributors the wine. And it seems like they- You wouldn't yeah. get that family-friendly atmosphere, evidently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so Meredith Baxter's out. And I just wish that we could have gotten more because Meredith Baxter seemed like she was in a lifetime cautionary tale thriller movie and everybody else was in homework i mean a, a christmas movie and i was just thinking like what does she do she was so she was so like different than everybody else in the whole film <laughs> it was it kind of made me laugh and, I, and she's done so many of those lifetime 
Yeah, what's what we call them on the podcast, the cautionary tales, uh, <laughs> where uh, things don't end well for our. She's in her own, uh, in her own genre, the, yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> Maybe she's just really upset over gummy bear wine. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would be upset <laughs> for gummy bear wine. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, if you do you drink wine, you like, really. I was gonna say, what would be appealing? What would make you want to go? Aside from, I, I don't know. I don't think anything would make <laughs> yeah. go to a winery for no reason. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. I would probably showcase that more. I mean, it's hard in the winter, but during the fall and in the spring. Mm-hmm. it's really pretty the vineyards yeah so i well, would have like i would have like date night that's what i would think uh would be smarter is to have date night wine tastings mm-hmm. but i mean i don't know her idea was to put up some christmas lights in that t- and that, that very strange christmas uh, wine bottle tree showing they were everyone was like wow that's great but they never really showed it i know I know. I was like, did they make, is that a, it must be a thing. I definitely built that just for this movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There must be a thing to have the wine things. So uh, it very well could be that I am just not the target demographic for this movie, despite hosting a Hallmark podcast, lifetime podcast, uh, because it just, <laughs> I don't know, please, if you are listening and you are a, have a if you are big wine fans and you say wait a minute they have tons of family-friendly activities then please put in the comment section let us know because i just don't know and that just seemed funny to me and strange in this movie and i thought that their chemistry was okay what did you think about their chemistry yeah it wasn't um you know it was it was fine it was fine Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was my general review of the film um it was all fine yeah I think yeah I wasn't like waiting for them to you know like you obviously mm-hmm. know they're gonna have their kiss and stuff but you weren't like oh my god when, when is this gonna happen yeah. yeah yeah and then she gets the there's also the whole element of the Christmas tree ornament that she gets at the end from mm-hmm. uh, that was her grand that was his grandfather's and because uh, she's gonna carry on the legacy uh, and she was going to get the big jar job and then she she decides not to take the big job and uh, so yeah that was definitely a theme in this night's tonight's movies mm-hmm. don't ever take the big job oh no <laughs> that's a terrible you choice a stay in your small town <laughs> because some guy wants you to help run his business yeah <laughs> if any of those big podcast conglomerates networks wants to hire a small town podcaster <laughs> i volunteer <laughs> you just haven't met the right person yet no. to make you stay in your small town <laughs> they should make a movie about this yeah i i think so well there's actually one on lifetime coming up uh with uh i think it's christmas in the air i think i can't remember but it's with um list joan hart and she plays a podcaster. Ooh, I know. High hopes then for that. It, it is high, high hopes. Uh, mm-hmm. But and Jason Priestley. I mean, oh, come on, get out of here! Um, so, yeah. <laughs> out of five for Christmas on the Vine, five stars. What would you give it? 
I'll give it a three. I'll give it a three because I don't like to, you know, people worked hard on it. <laughs> I think it does its job. Uh-huh. It's a three out of five. <laughs> so I have seen so many of these. I'm not as nice as you. Um, I would give it, I'm going to give it a 2.75. 2. Uh, yeah. All right. So then we have Christmas on Wheels. And this stars Tia Sirkar and Michael Xavier. And this is upon learning that her uncle sold her mom's vintage convertible, a car full of Christmas memories, Ashley enlists the help of her uncle's attorney, Duncan, to get it back. So (laughs) um, this is another bad luck one for me because I also am not into cars at all. I mean, obviously I drive one, so it's not the same as, as... the the wine question but i just do not care about cars i don't have any sentimentality for cars my car has literally almost two hundred thousand miles on it i do not care about cars so that this that was a hard kind of thing for me to get on board with this one of just being so sentimental about this car especially when she had been away for a long time and she expect i don't know what she expected she she didn't care enough to be there and to yeah, that whole the whole setup was weird Um, yeah like if she wanted the car she could buy the car herself why didn't she just buy it i mean i guess tell her even that it was that it was being sold yeah and i don't know it's just like well if you cared that much about all of this stuff because she was so sentimental then because most of the time what happens in these movies is the person goes to the city they and they kind of become a little bit cold. They become the, you know, the woman of business, whatever. But that wasn't her. She like went to the city and yet stayed still so sentimental about everything. And so- She showed no interest in any of those, any of the traditions or anything. Yeah. Yeah. What was going on? She came back to the town based on a phone call that was like, you should come here. And she was like, okay. It was very, there was no like Mm -hmm. reason for it really. Mm -hmm. And it just so happened, I guess, that he was up in the city that uh, she, cause she's gonna, she's compiling all this stuff so she can open an antique store in the city, evidently is her Mm -hmm. goal. And so she's there at this auction at the beginning and he is there just by chance, I guess, buying stuff. Did we ever figure out why he was buying stuff? There was a thing about how because he's a because he's an estate lawyer, he likes he knows the value of different things. And okay. He's just buying it for his own stuff. He's not buying to resell it though or anything. Well, he's buying it so he can give it to her at the end. Well, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and so yeah, I I don't know. I really want to like Tia Sarkar's Christmas movies. I like her as a as an actress. I really do. But her, she hasn't wowed me yet with any of her Christmas movies. And I don't know why, um, but this one also didn't really work for me very well. I, I felt like, I don't know, it just wasn't that interesting seeing them go from place to place to try to find the car. And then once they found the car, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just didn't think it was a very good movie um i don't know do you did you like it more than me or about the same i'm just gonna keep saying it was fine <laughs> um, oh, nice yeah i feel like there wasn't a lot of stakes there wasn't a lot of reason for things to happen uh, i did find myself saying um 
a lot of the time that it was that I found it funny because like, you know, the whole joke in Cup of Cheer is just that they're going from one plot point to the next with no reason for any of it. And that was sort of what this felt like a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. like let's let's go let's find the car because because that's what we have to do next to go drive the story forward right and, and people and are like just giving down. away the car and yeah. i'm thinking if it was so in demand wouldn't they want some kind of compensation for the car but then yeah, the car is giving the car away for free yeah and then the car is kind of anthropomorphic at a certain point it was like a herbie car yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what is happening here um, and so i'm like is it got, it's got like christmas magic it's a christmas magic car i just um, been a transformer though yeah i was a transformer that would have been that would have made it funny that would have been interesting <laughs> if oxmus prime is on the, the transformers yeah. christmas special <laughs> i'm sure they'll do it one day there's been a disturbance uh an optimus prime and you know. <laughs> slay is actually an undercover yeah. autobot yeah that's right <laughs> the decepticons are <laughs> uh, uh, yeah and so they they uh they search for the car and they talk to like two or three different people um each time they each person that has had the car has kind of had uh it's it's magic has been spreading throughout we saw a similar story this year on up tv with mistletoe magic where the it was like a magic mistletoe had gone from and and spread love wherever it had ended up uh, with this car <laughs> uh, and then they play they have a stop where they play this christmas board game then and that looked fun i i, I thought I, I need to get one of those board games <laughs> Oh, uh, with the questions, right, right? Yeah. I was like, yeah. that looked good. Uh, the, the other thing, so... That theme to be there. <laughs> she's also looking at one point, once they find the car, then they're looking for a tailpipe to fix the car. But right. the problem seems to be in the starter. I mean, again, I'm no expert on cars. <laughs> this is just... This is this is pulling for the reaches of my knowledge base here with wine and cars. But... um. I don't think that the the tailpipe should affect your starter. Well, I'm not one to answer that, but I love that the that at the Christmas market in the center of town, there just happened to be a booth who sold an antique tailpipe. Yeah, that was good luck. He was like, "This my antique tailpipe business really needs a booth at the town's Christmas market. This is where everyone's going to go to buy these tailpipes." Yeah, but I am pretty sure that the starter is on the whole other side of the car. It's yes, an engine. The tailpipe is way on the other side. So and I, the solution ended up just being that she kept trying to start it until it started. She could have done that the first time. Yeah, I think Gave it needed her. a new starter or alternator. But maybe there's not like vintage alternators. I don't know. <laughs> or just a new engine in general. Yeah, <laughs> just a new engine. Yeah. <laughs> there was a, a Hallmark movie this August where that was the big point of conflict. What or one of the big points of conflict was do I use old parts or new parts in the car? <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> so they needed they needed Paul Campbell's auto mechanic to come oh. and look at this car, I think. 
And how was Paul Campbell? Paul Campbell is a total and complete delight and absolutely love him. He can work on my car if he wants. I've worked with Paul Campbell before. Oh, have you? Yeah, no, he's one of our favorites, actually. He was the first actor that we ever interviewed as as the podcast. Oh, very cool. It was just a funny element of the movie. I actually really enjoyed the movie Wedding Every Weekend, but... um, (laughs) But it was just, I just couldn't get into that conflict of like, do I use new parts or old parts? What? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we find out that there's this backstory with Duncan that he was a recipient of her mother's Christmas on wheels. Mm -hmm. And so that he, ever since that happened, he's basically been in, had a crush on her and so what did you think about their chemistry between the two of them? Tia Sakar and It was good. I also like her as an actress. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was good. Yeah, they, they might have had the best chemistry of all of the three films, um, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they had fine chemistry. It, it, there were some cute moments. He mm-hmm. had kind of a winking sensibility about him, which I enjoyed. And I just wish we could get her in better scripts. Uh, I, I think she has so much potential for these kind of movies, but didn't really love hers last year. And the one the year before was probably her best. She's done three. Uh, and I, I like, I wish we could have gotten her in, um, uh, in Keisha Knight Pulliam's movie. I mean, Keisha, she was good too, but I really liked that script. Uh, and um, it called The Christmas Ant. That was really good. But anyway. She's a very very funny actress. So Mm -hmm. uh, she should, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice if she was in something that would, that could show that off. Yeah. Yeah. And so then the, it's not only that the starter won't work, but it literally is sensitive to her being with the right person. She cannot start the car if her love isn't there. You could have just put a backpack on the passenger seat. (laughs) <laughs> like when you want to when the seat like when the seatbelt the uh, thing turns off you need a sensor for the <laughs> well i mean i don't think it would have just started without with just anybody like if her uncle had been in this i don't think that would have worked oh she didn't try it we don't know <laughs> we don't know yeah. <laughs> the questions that i have we, we'll I know. never know i know and so i it's true are there multiple of these anthropomorphic cars out there <laughs> that are sensitive to love. Also, but, it's a convertible in the middle of winter. That's not great. Yeah, it's true. Although That's the very version true. I watched of the film, it was still summer. They had not yet put in the snow. Yeah. So he then gives her the bell and they, as you said, he had it just for her and they reunite and uh, and then Tony, Uncle Tony, proposes to the woman that I thought that they were like married. Did that surprise you? No, because they did have a thing at the beginning when she's like, hey, how are you doing? Are you guys still not married yet? And he's like, yep, still not married. <laughs> Somehow I missed that. I wasn't paying <laughs> enough attention. I was like, what? What is this happening? So they need, they finally got with it. So the, the car did its magic there too. Yeah. With Tony. And he got the ring appraised before giving it to her. Oh, he did? Uh, through, the, through the guide, through the lawyer. Uh-huh. Presumably, I don't know, to find out if she was worth 
the price of the ring that he was giving her. It was, it was very strange. That was fair. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, so then he proposes and then they stop the car and then they get out in the middle of the road and they're yeah. dancing. What did you think of that? Was I also that like that there was a Christmas tree in the middle, in the, on the other lane to like, to block <laughs> traffic, I guess. Were they, were, did they block the traffic because of Christmas on Wheels? Is this the or, same movie where they had the whole subplot about those triangle trees? The subplot where they like got rid of all the old fashioned decorations in the town and the mayor put in. Oh, yeah, yeah, trees, yeah. Yeah. And they just went out and replaced them on their own one night. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on here yeah. <laughs> in, this, yeah. in this film. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so then they're dancing in the middle of the street and the thing they, we get no kiss. There was no kiss in this movie. Yeah. And that's the first time I have to imagine that was a COVID thing. And if that's the case, it was like a COVID movie, was it filmed? Was it filmed recently? Cause there was a lot of extras in it for a COVID movie. Um, I don't know that for a fact, I just assumed there's no reason why there wasn't a kiss. They're blocking traffic for goodness sakes. <laughs> I I'm seeing pictures on set and they're definitely have shields and things oh, okay. on IMDb. So it had to be why. Huh. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, why didn't they have a kiss at the end? Yeah, they're, they're doing a whole bunch of other stuff that wouldn't be COVID safe anyway. So yeah, they're dancing and stuff like that <laughs> in the middle of the road uh yeah so <laughs> i don't know i mean I, I think i gave this a call in our preview so there wasn't a i wasn't anticipating it just because i'm not a car person at all um so it's <laughs> not the, really a surprise but uh there is did you see i don't know if you saw on twitter there was kind of a meme there's a, there was there was a spot in this movie where she totally trips over the blanket snow which is funny. She's like, walking. Oh, I would love to see that. Like, wow, they couldn't do another take. <laughs> she doesn't trip over the obvious. The time, they gotta get it out. They're filming, and then the next day it premieres. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I don't know. It, I don't think it was a very successful film. Uh, I am going to give it a two point three. Uh, what about you? Right, you could probably guess. I'm gonna give it a three. Okay. Very good. All right, so then the last movie is called The Christmas Edition. And I actually really liked uh, Marie Osmond's movie last year. I'm not a Marie Osmond hater uh, by any means. I, I actually thought they did a good job last year kind of weaving her into the story in a somewhat natural way. And I really liked Rob, she was actually in Rob Mays' movie last year, randomly. Um, and I thought that his movie last year was quite charming. It was a road trip movie and there was a lot of nice witty banter and Mara Sakoff, I think was in it. Anyway, there was nice witty banter in it and it was overall just, I thought pretty entertaining. And uh, so this one was actually, this one was my favorite of the three, um, but I'm not saying it's, it's a super strong film, but 
uh it probably was my favorite of the three i think a lot of it because carly hughes i'm a big fan of hers on american housewife and I, I, I it was a little bit distracting because i love her so much in american housewife and her character is totally different in american housewife and i know that's my problem not her problem uh because i just know her from that and so sometimes it's hard when you just know somebody from one role and then I've seen them in a different role because she basically plays a, uh, she's in, in American housewife. She plays the lead characters, best BFF, who's a lesbian, a hard kind of hard nosed attorney in that show. And she's hilarious and so funny. Uh, so it was just so different than this role, which was a little bit jarring, but I still like her a lot and I came around, <laughs> um, but this movie, it stars Carla Hughes and Rob Mays and a little bit of Marie Osmond. And <laughs> it's the plot is that it's Christmas time and Jackie, an up and coming journalist finds that her life is at a crossroads until she finds an unexpected opportunity to run a small town newspaper in Alaska. Jackie decides to give it a try and relocates to the picture-perfect town. Using a series of Christmas articles, she's able to quickly return the newspaper to profitability and soon falls in love, both with her new home and the handsome son of the paper's former owner. However, when her old boss announces plans to take over the paper for herself, Jackie will need a Christmas miracle to save it. So talk about your classic Hallmark plots. Right. This, this is was probably the very most classic. <laughs> you got a journalist, you got a small town, you got all the ingredients. There's a glass blower, which was cool. Yes. Yeah. That's probably what worked the best for me in this movie is like the little sort of coupley moments, the mm -hmm. glass blowing. And yeah, yeah, I liked that. And then the Northern Lights, uh, the planetarium. Mm -hmm. That was fun for me. Yeah. I don't know. O overall, what did you think of this one? I watched this one the most recently, like as in an hour ago. Okay. Um, and it's bad that I remember the least about it. Uh -huh. that, might, that might say something. Um, I do. I remember there was a lot of funny leaps of logic. Like she read about the, I mean, uh, these, this is natural, obviously going to happen in, in all these movies, but, you know, she read about the paper, um, didn't seem to call ahead or anything, just went ahead and moved to Alaska the next day, showed yeah. up, like, I'm taking over the paper, and then she finds out all the stuff about the paper, and it's like, well, you should have called and asked at least one question. <laughs> Pretty much anything that you start to ask with when it involves journalism in this movie is just completely absurd and ridiculous and yes. and just completely nuts i'm i don't even consider myself a journalist but i'm a podcaster and i have published in, in a i've published several articles as freelance credit film critic in newspapers and everything in this this movie is completely ridiculous yes like, totally everything as somebody with a journalism degree i agree with that the journalism parts do not hold up. No. I mean, if this movie was made in 1995, I'd be like, okay, you know, they're talking about like print versus digital. And yeah, like that, that was so funny. They were like, 
people don't want to read the news anymore. They want to watch it on TV. Mm. No, they don't. <laughs> still 15 years late. Yeah. Maybe if you're talking like super polarizing kind of news, like you're talking your MSNBCs, your Fox News, maybe. But even that is, you know, it's, it's changing. People yeah. are getting their news from, from uh, Twitter, from local uh, sources online, uh, from YouTube, things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, which has pluses and minuses. But um uh, but yeah, so Marie Osmond, she she has this little scene at the very beginning, and uh, she's like the cold digital lady. I'm gonna make everything digital. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what do you? What's your feeling on Marie Osmond? Are you a hater or no opinion? Or I have no opinion of her as a as an entertainer. As a, uh-huh. um, she was. Like I said, she was very Cruella de Vil in this movie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Which um, I think could have been more fun if they had really leaned, into, leaned it and, into it. Yeah. yeah. That would have been cool. It made her a real ice queen of business. It could have yeah. been. But it was, it, it was just, she had a lot of lines that were like very, very generic journalism villain. Like, yeah. you're, you, you're going to be the junior reporter because the papers and the numbers. Like, what? Yeah. It was like a scene from Cup of Cheer, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they, they've, that Finn's parents, Rob Mays' character, see, in the last one, he was a musician, which he is a musician in real life. It just fit his character way better. It was way better. In this one, he's a glass blower, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a glass blower, but his, he's kind of that classic. Uh, Hallmark man of many jobs. Like usually, oh, passion is something vaguely manly, <laughs> artistic, and everyone's like, "Don't do it." And he's like, "But that's what I really want to do." <laughs> the classic is because the man of business is always is almost always the the villain. The wrong guy is your bad man of business. Mm-hmm. Your right guy is usually a small town guy that is good at everything, like. Uh, Paul Green in uh, Christmas at Angel Falls. He literally has probably seven jobs in the course <laughs> of that movie. He's like, oh, I'm just helping out so-and-so. Click, click. You run an in, you drive a taxi, you do the local ice sculptures. Yeah. But usually not just that. Usually they're like, you know, you see them out helping. They're volunteer firefighters. They're, you know, helping with the the, the, the festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kevin McGarry in um, Christmas Scavenger Hunt, the very beginning of that movie, he's like fixing some lady's car. And then he's like, has the weirdest job in that movie. He is running the town historical society museum or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so (laughs) she's also, I think maybe I read it wrong, but I thought it was, she's moving to Janu, Alaska. Yeah. I think which isn't even really that small of a town. I looked it up, 32,000 people. Mm-hmm. So it's like not even a small town. Like it could have gone to like Fairbanks or someplace actually small in Alaska. That's true, yeah, because everyone knew them. Like the mayor walked in and everyone was like, hello, mayor. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is not like Stars Hollow, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, uh, and, and I just 
died when there's like extra, extra, here's the paper. I'm like, what? What is this, 1925? They're like, they got like paper boys going down There's the street. Line up out the door for people to get the paper. <laughs> they haven't figured out distribution yet. They just sell it right out of their office. Yeah, extra, extra. Read all about it. This <laughs> is uh, this is the Lantern Grove is the name of the paper, and she decides that she's going to she wants to make this a daily paper, not just a monthly paper as it currently is, which is really stupid. <laughs> What? Like I can understand if they want to make it a monthly paper. That sounds sustainable. We have that here in in uh, where I am in my town. They have a Draper monthly that you get with your coupons and stuff like that. That you could do that. That could work. I mean, is there really enough like local stuff well, going also on? They were so successful because she she like the secret she figured out was that they wanted the town wanted to read about Christmas. And so then it was the paper was a huge success. But what the hell happens in January? <laughs> then you start. Then she's gonna go back to she's gonna go back to uh, what's her name? She's gonna go back to yeah. Marie Osmond and say, "Please buy my paper. No one's reading it anymore. There's no more Christmas stories." Yeah, and yeah, they they uh, they I guess they'll start talking about the, uh, Valentine's. Maybe I don't know. No, it's a problem. Valentine's in that town. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and the only two employees of the paper are Edna and Dolores. And I think that they were the highlights of the film. Do you agree? Yes. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I had seen them before as well. Mm -hmm. know, yeah. So Edna is played by Aloma Wright is her name. Let me see what else she's been in. I'm looking. She was fun. She's from uh, Scrubs, Korea. That's uh, she was in ver very many episodes episodes of Scrubs. Uh, yeah, and she was on Days of Our Lives. Um, she's been on a bunch of shows. Yeah, she, tons of Scrubs, ninety two episodes of Scrubs. That's probably where we all know her. She's hilarious. She did a good job. She was yeah. funny, and uh, yeah, and then Dolores was also funny. So they were the highlights of this film. For sure. Mm -hmm. And uh then like I said, I like the glass blowing. Okay. <laughs> it was a little, I'm like, oh, don't get hurt. But I like a little cozy. Anytime when the characters can kind of lean on each other and get all cozy. And you had some of that going on with the glass blowing. And it was a cool thing that you don't see a lot of. In yeah. Yeah, it wasn't your standard like wreath making or cookie making. It was something different. So I agree, that was fun. Yeah. And then you see him ice sculpting. Because, uh, and that was another example. He's the man with many jobs. He does the ice sculpting. He does the, he's helping with the paper because that's his, his parents. He has the glass blowing. The, uh, the planetarium date was fun. Northern mm -hmm. Lights. How does he have access to that? I don't know. I mean, uh, he's he seems to have access to everything in this town, even though it's thirty two thousand people. He's a big wig. He's very exciting. And uh, so then this Melanie, who is that's Marie Osmond's character, she wants to buy the paper, make it digital, and then hire Jackie to be the editor of the whole conglomerate. And Jackie's like, "What are you doing?" 
It's like, get behind me. <laughs> uh, so that's terrible. How dare she offer her dream job? Uh, and days after basically telling her to get out. Yeah. <laughs> and then she she wears. Well, we also get a a, a scene of Carly Hughes singing, which I appreciated. It was completely random, but hey, she's a Broadway star. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Unlike the singing in uh, Christmas on Wheels, which was not great. <laughs> no, it was not. That's yeah. true. That's true. Uh, but it has been nice this season, whether Lifetime or Hallmark, they've used all these Broadway people uh, to the best of their abilities, which I appreciate. Uh, so then we have Finn. He tells her, oh, take the dream job. Don't just stay here. And so mm -hmm. she thinks about it. She writes her final article. She's going to leave. And then, of course, she changes her mind and says, I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to leave. The, the, and we also see her at the party with her beautiful red sparkly dress, mm -hmm. uh, which she looked very pretty, I thought. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Looked very good. So she turns down the job offer. She says to Marie Osmond, forget you <laughs> and your evil ways. And yeah, so they're having a flourishing in the year 2020, a flourishing paper in Genoa, Alaska, the Lantern Grove every day. So congratulations and, uh, and then to Christmas dinner. Uh, and there was luckily a seat for her. Yeah, that was lucky. That was very good. <laughs> so yeah, so this movie, it was not the best, but it was my favorite of the three, just for those reasons. Um, I'm, I would give this one three stars. And so you continue your streak, three stars. I'm going to give it 3.1. I'd just be, you've convinced <laughs> me that it was a little better, actually. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> Very good. All right. Well, before we go, I want, uh, we have some fun, silly holiday questions okay. that I want to give you. And uh, so, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. First question. What is your favorite holiday drink? Uh, hot chocolate. Okay. Yeah, better you had so much in cup of cheer. Uh, this whole theme. Uh, what is your favorite holiday cookie or treat? Uh, I, I would choose like a, a soft ginger snap. Mm, sounds good. Mm. Okay, what is your favorite Christmas song or carol? Oh my God, I've been listening to Christmas music all year this year. <laughs> I, I can't I don't even know anymore <laughs> and you, Carol of the Bells came to mind oh that's a good one yeah are you like OD'd on Christmas after spending this year are you like I don't want to celebrate it this year or I thought you just I was for it? then now you see like decorations and stuff go up and it's starting to get cold and you're like okay all right yeah <laughs> good good don't want it to break your spirit Christmas <laughs> spirit all right uh, so what is your favorite Christmas classic Christmas movie is Elf a classic? Yeah. Elf. Yeah. Okay, good. I love Elf. Okay, uh, what is your favorite holiday tradition that you do every year? Um, like putting up the, the tree or the, making cookies the, or the food. The... Although food? I do like to, make, I like to make um, like rice krispies with the red and green rice krispies, like rice krispie squares. Oh yeah, uh, Those that's are a good. good. That's a good one. Very good. Okay. Which do you prefer, Scrooge or the Grinch? 
the Grinch. Okay. Clear lights or colored? Colored. Okay. Would you rather be in a snowball fight or build a snowman? Ooh, uh, build a snowman. Okay, good. Uh, would you consider yourself a good gift wrapper? No, although I've had to wrap a lot of gifts this year. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, definitely on I watched a few YouTube tutorials, even learned mm -hmm. how to tie a bow. Ooh, yeah, very good. Okay, last question. Do you have an ugly Christmas sweater? I do. You can see it in Cup of Cheers in the background of one of the scenes. Oh, good. Yeah, what's your ugly Christmas sweater? It's a reindeer with like red and green striped sleeves and the reindeer, there's like a pom-pom <laughs> right on the stomach for the reindeer's nose. Oh, no. <laughs> So it sticks out a bit. That sounds good. Yeah. That sounds good. The more accessories coming oh, out of yeah, the sweater, yeah. the better. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Well, congratulations on finishing the film. That's a huge accomplishment. And uh, so thank you so much for coming on and telling us about it. And uh, we wish you the best of luck and a very Merry Christmas. And why don't you tell people where they can, and you mentioned at the beginning, but where they can watch the film. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so so cup of cheer. Um, you can you can watch it for free on Amazon Prime, uh, starting on November twentieth. It's on Vudu. It's on VOD on Comcast and um, wherever you might find uh, movies like that. It's also streaming for free on Tubi, if you have Tubi. So there's a lot of free ways to check it out. Um, if you want a, just a really silly comedy um then it's a good choice to uh to watch something that's different than your usual christmas movies this year and it's yeah. really just been a, a terrible year so it's a good yeah. time to just laugh at some stupid stuff that's right we can only get some laughter this year for sure well thank you again congratulations on your movie and if people want to follow you on social media or that kind of thing how can they do that Oh, you can find me at by byj corwitz on twitter sometimes i tweet funny things um <laughs> You can follow our Cup of Cheer uh, accounts at Cup of Cheer Movie, um, mostly on Instagram, but we also have Twitter and Facebook. And yeah, we would love to. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Cup of Cheer is, a, you know, a, a, an independent movie, and the, the way that we're gonna get the word out is by people telling their friends about it and tweeting about it and and using social media to spread the word. So that would mean a lot for us if if you find something funny in it and it, and it helped brighten your year. Uh, then just tell us and we'd love to hear from you. Great. Yeah, and we'll have all that information in the description section if you want to check it out and we'll have it all there. So thanks so much for taking the time to talk with us. We really Thank appreciate you, it. It was a lot of fun uh, and one uh, to tick off my Christmas list to get. All right. Yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, you can find, uh, make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And, uh, and if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. That helps us out so much. And if you are watching on YouTube, give us a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. We really appreciate that. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So please take a look at that. I really appreciate it. And we also have our patron group, which is a lot of fun and is we're so grateful for that support. So that information will be in the description and our merch store, which has tons of holiday inspired designs. And so thanks again, Jake. I really appreciate it. And we will talk again next week for more non-Hallmark Christmas coverage. Bye everyone. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas.